Hey, everybody, we're going to pick up our conversation we started last week. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go back and listen to that episode, and then you can listen to this episode. This is part two of a two-part series. Uh, I hope you enjoy. Welcome to The Friday Habit with Mark Labriola and Benjamin Manley. The Friday Habit is for small business owners, freelancers, and creatives who are ready to take their business to the next level. Join us as we discover how to apply the strategies we learn to grow our businesses, make more money, and live every day like it's Friday. You know, I remember doing a tax return for a friend. And it was a, a Saturday morning and I was tired because this was like April 15th. You know, this is like the end of the line. And and I remember standing up and suddenly my back went snap just like that. And by the way, I was doing her return for free. Okay. And and I always say your body's going to give up on you before, you know, you're mentally going to be exhausted. And my body literally gave up for me. And, and that's what made me look and, and just start talking to my community. Things have got to change. You know, I've got all these people working for me and we're just not performing or they're not performing. And someone said, you got to read this book, Profit First. And I'm telling you, I bought that book on audio. I bought that book on paper. You know, I bought it on Kindle um, because I had to read it everywhere. Plane, trains, automobiles. I had to read this book everywhere. And it was the biggest change because, you know, I knew it was going to work. And I think maybe that's the difference with being an accountant is it's physics. You know, if I have all these bank accounts and I know how much I'm getting every month and I'm putting money aside to profit first, meaning my profit first bank account is getting funded first, my owner's pay bank account is getting funded first. And then then the last bank account that's going to get funded or my operating expenses, then physics, you know, law of movement, the law of just moving money, it's going to work. So I knew it was going to absolutely work. And it was a major game changer because it allowed me to create a business that I could sell. It allowed me to become the first millionaire in my family. And now I can, you know, I've seen it worked on hundreds of other clients too. So it absolutely works. Do not pass on this, this system. And it's an amazing system. It will change your life. Yeah, Absolutely. So for anyone who doesn't know about the system, can you kind of walk us through, you know, the different key aspects of it and kind of how they work? Yeah. So it kind of works like Dave Ramsey's system. You know, a lot of people have heard about Dave Ramsey and they've heard about his envelopes. You know, you you get paid and you put money in the envelope for food. You put money in the envelope for rent. You put money in the envelope to go out to the movies, right, uh, uh-huh. with your husband or wife. And we don't want you keeping envelopes if you have a business. That that's dangerous. Okay, um, if you <laughs> keep your money sketchy. in envelopes, please go ahead and and email Mark and Ben with your address. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, do I'm not do, for do those envelopes. Do not keep your business money in envelopes. We don't want to see thousand dollar envelopes lying around. But but what happens in Profit First is we have bank accounts. So you have one bank account where. All your money goes in. So you're as you're swiping your clients' Visa cards or American Express, it's all going in one bank account. And then what happens is you have these, I call them feeder bank accounts, right? And and these bank accounts are not just bank accounts, but they really are purpose-based 
bank accounts. So like you might have a bank account for profit, right? And that's going to be your where you're going to put your profit at and how you're going to fund your profit envelope in that bank account. You're going to have a bank account for owner's pay. Um, that's where you're going to fund your salary because, you know, as entrepreneurs, people always ask us, who's your most important player? You know, and they'll say, it's Susie, it's Mike, it's Tom. No, 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 it's you. You are the MVP today. You step out the day your back cracks. We're all going to be looking at each other like, okay, how do we run this business, right? You are the MVP. And so you're going to get an owner's pay. You're going to get a salary because whoever buys your business is going to expect a salary. Um, the next thing we're going to create is a bank account for taxes because reality is if you drive that bodega, right, you drive that that nice, nice car, right, you're you're going to have a responsibility to pay taxes, okay? And so we're going to fund that tax account. We're not going to figure out how we're going to pay last year's taxes with this year's money. No, we're going to save along the way. And then yeah, the- that, uh, that's one of the things that I would say was a game changer for me, like, you know, I started my business back in 2007 and it was just kind of a side hustle thing, but it was always so stressful at, you know, the end of the year when I'm doing taxes and trying to do write-offs. And then it's like the government's like, Hey, we need a $11,000 check. And I'm like, 11,000 bucks. Where am I going to get that from? You know, like, and then as soon as we implemented the profit first system, it was like, you know, my accountant's calling me like, Hey, we need $30,000. I was like, Oh, great. Yeah. Here's a check. Like, there you go. You know, it's an amazing, so that, that's big. Yeah. It, it reduces so much stress, you know? It does. And and I'll tell you before profit first, I almost like hate it telling people, okay, you're going to owe because the reality is you make a lot of money and it's earned income. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to owe. Especially if you're not paying into the system along the way, there's no refund, yeah. right? There's no refund. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that tax account is really important. And that last bank account is about operating expenses. So after you fund this profit account, right, because we're funding profit first, then we're funding your owner's pay, then we're funding tax, whatever's left over can go to operating expenses. And so what happens is it's working with your natural human tendency. And and it's it's something called Parkinson's law. You know, the, the more there is of something, the more I'm going to use of it. So, you know, it's kind of like take me to Golden Corral. No, don't take me to Golden Corral. But <laughs> but let's say you accidentally took me to Golden Corral, right? And and I'll tell you, when I go to Golden Corral, the food is nasty, but I eat a whole lot of it, okay? That's I just, know, This right? is how it works, right? <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and, and I'm so glad that if when the person takes the plate away so I can get another one so it doesn't look yeah. like I have a stack of plates. And so, you know, you eat a whole lot more when you go to Golden Crow versus let's say we're going to go to a business dinner. We're going to go to order dinner and we're going to have six inch plates. We're going to eat a whole lot less. Right. We're going to leave full. Right. Because you don't leave an event hungry wanting to stop by someplace to get a, a place to eat. You know, you're going to eat, but you're not going to eat as much as when you're going to Golden Crow. And so. That's the same way it is with money. The more we have of something, the more we're going to spend of it. You know, when the economy is great, I'm thinking like 2019, right? My entrepreneurs were asking me questions like, hey, Suzanne, you know, um, our office space is getting kind of tight. And I have a feeling we're going to grow. That space next door just became available. And I want to go ahead and acquire that lease. Now, I know that money's tight. I know that that it's stretching our limits, but I have a feeling we're going to grow into it, right? Or they're like, hey, Suzanne, you know, I heard about those $25,000 tax deductions if I buy this big old heavy car, right? Um, or Suzanne, can I go to Bora Bora and use that as a tax write-off? You know, can we do that together? Um, and, you know, now when things are a little bit uncertain, the stock markets have started to drop, they're asking me questions like, okay, Suzanne, um, how do I transition the virtual 
again, right? How do I get rid of this lease? Um, you know, how which heads can I do? I, can I cut right and keep operations going? Who's important here? How? What are the HR rules around letting people go? Right. So the conversation is different based upon how much money there is, and that's the way we are. And so by creating that, I'm gonna call it illusion of scarcity when there's less money to use then we're going to make very different decisions. So that's how Profit First works is we create an artificial scarcity surrounding what's available to spend, but we fund our profit account first. We fund our owner's pay account first so that we're really staying in line with why we started a business in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's important too, like just to know yourself, right? I mean, I think for me, you know, I've been doing it for so long now that I almost don't even look at my tax accounts and, you know, my profit accounts. I just do the distributions and I, and I don't even think about it anymore. And But I have all my accounts in one bank. But I know some people, you know, it's just easy to do a little transfer or do whatever. So I think if, if, if you have problems with that, it's best to maybe open up a different bank account somewhere else where you can put those things and then kind of forget about them and make it a little bit more difficult to get access to those to transfer funds into your main spending account. So I love it. Yeah. I hide bank accounts. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's good. I mean, I was gonna say it's similar with me. One of the the some of the practical stuff that really helped me with this system is I love the rhythm of it. Like that we do it like on the fifteenth and thirtieth of every month. So let's say we got in, you know, ten thousand dollars from customers or something in those fifteen days. Then we split it up percentage wise, and I say, okay, you know, eight percent is going into profit. You know. 45% is going to operating expenses or whatever the preset percentages are we decided on and all that get dis- gets distributed. But then it's like, okay, in my operating expenses, I can see how much money is in there. So if I'm like, oh, I need to buy some new computers. All right, let me check and see what we've got in operating expenses. And I'm not seeing, oh, the $20,000 that we are saving for taxes or the thirty dollars or $40,000 that we have, you know, or whatever it is in, in different accounts where I know I can't touch those. So like you said, it's like the artificial scarcity. And I think one of the analogies that might be in the book or just in the talk, a talk that Mike gave, but it was like the whole toothpaste analogy. And it's like, you got a toothpaste tube when it's full. You're like, you're just like, oh yeah, I'll use as much as I want. It doesn't matter. But then when you get to the end, you're like, I'm just going to use a little bit because I'm on a trip and I don't want to buy more toothpaste. So I'll just use a little bit and you'll start squeezing just a little bit out of it. And you just really use the last, last amount. And very similar, like you said, the envelope system. It's like if you have $100 in your entertainment fund for the month, then you're going to be like, well, all right, what's the smartest way I can use this instead of just being like, oh, yeah, let's go to the movies and buy popcorn or whatever. You might be like, okay, well, we could go to the movies, but let's go to the dollar theater and maybe we could eat before we go, you know, or whatever it might be. Or like, <laughs> and you know, sneak it, in a soda. <laughs> you just get a little like a little more creative, you know, and, and it just makes you more aware of it. And, it, and since you have limitations, it's just like, it, and it's just uh, the behavioral part of it is nice because it's just looking at your bank account, not looking at a spreadsheet or something. You're used to checking your bank account. So it's like, it's just the simplest thing in the world once you start doing it. Um, and it just makes it so much less stressful. So those are the the five different, oh, what were the five accounts again? It's profit, owner's compensation. What am I missing? Tax. Taxes. Um, yeah. And OPEX. And operating expenses, mm-hmm. that's right. So and then you got your income account that's like the one that comes into and you disperse it from there twice a month. 
That's what we do anyway. And then I think we added on one that he says you can add at some point, which is like a savings account. If you decide you want to include like a savings account, which we also do. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I've seen people, they, they have accounts for purchasing inventory. You know, they, Mm. they might have reserve accounts later on for like, if they have large purchases that they're building up to do, um, Mm -hmm. like maybe annual subscriptions that might be coming due that may be larger um, or equipment purchases. They'll create accounts for those too, but Mm -hmm. that that's a little bit advanced. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's, it's been a huge game changer. It, um, is there, yeah. W- what do you kind of recommend to people as far as getting started with it? What's the, the best way to, to do that? So I always like to do is, is look at where are you at today? Um, take a look at your financial statements. What is your profit right now? And if there isn't a lot, which most companies, that's that's just how many companies are in America, which is why the SBA has the statistics that it does have, you know, start with 1%, start 1%. If you're already at 1%, start with 2%. Um, I'm going to give you a link, um, profitmap.co, where you can actually go online and we have, from a profit first standpoint, recommended percentages of what a healthy company mm. looks like, like what percentage typically goes to profit, what percentage goes to owners pay tax, operating expenses that you're welcome to download so you can kind of compare where you're at and just build up to get to that point. Mm. Perfect. You know, it sounds like, too, you, you focus on on tax strategies and, and things like that. I mean, is that something that you see that people really – um, miss out on a lot or aren't taking full advantage of the system, if you will? Oh, definitely. You know, I think, first of all, there's a problem in just the entrepreneurship mentality. It's all about how do I get my taxes lower? And I see people scrambling to buy filing cabinets that they don't really need or going out to buy these big old gas guzzlers. And at the end of the day, yes, you're cutting your taxes, but you're also cutting yourself, right? Because you don't have that profit to diversify into other assets, right? Or put into your retirement. And, you know, as a tax accountant, you know, and specifically dealing with profit first, I will never tell you, hey, uh, Mark, go out and get some filing cabinets unless you really need some filing cabinets. Instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to look for ways of increasing your net worth while still getting a tax deduction. And so what that might look like is, you know, maybe you're a closely held company. Maybe it's just you and maybe a spouse or another family member. Why don't we not just do a 401k, but let's really maximize this. You know, we could get a defined benefit plan in there, which is a pension. Um, we can put away, you know, 50000 100000 you know, depending on on how we set this up. Um, especially as a high net worth person, right? You're talking about 37% savings on the dollar for everything that we do. And you're still getting a tax deduction, right? But the difference is, is that you're not spending it. You're just passing it from the right hand to the left hand. And you can always control how you're going to pull that money out, right? Um, which is going to affect your future tax level, but you're not being charged at 37%. Or let's say you have employees, right? And I know one of the things that's important to us is longevity because, you know, when I hire you day one, you're not going to offer a lot of value. But in five years, when you get really good at your job, you're going to be super valuable to me. And so maybe in my 401k, I'm not going to allow you to vest on day one. Maybe it's going to take you two to six years to fully vest. So we're not talking about a safe harbor plan. Um, And so again, what I'm doing is I'm creating an incentive for you to stay with me. I'm offering you benefits that a lot of small businesses don't offer, 
but I'm also offering you the ability to also create wealth too. And if you leave me before you fully vest, well, guess what? You're going to forfeit your contributions, meaning that you don't get to take that to with, with you when you go out the door if you have invested in that. And so what happens is that stays in my plan. And if I'm the last one standing, guess what? You just built my net worth, even though I've got a tax deduction mm. all along. So those are just some of the things that we're going to work with with our clients. You know, I told you an example about my father hiring me. If you're if you have your entity in a certain legal structure, maybe an LLC, that's a single member LLC. Um, and you don't do the S corporation because maybe you don't need it because once you're high net worth, it probably doesn't help you a whole lot, right? Now I can hire my children and I don't have to pay Social Security and Medicare on their earnings. And if they make less than a standard deduction, well, guess what? They don't have to pay federal taxes either. And so now, you know, little Susie can go out and pay for her own dance classes or little mm-hmm. Susie wants to take us to Disney World. Oh, I love little Susie, you know? So there, there's a <laughs> lot of things that you can do from that standpoint or little Susie can invest in a Roth IRA and start putting away money for her college, right? So there's mm-hmm. a lot of things that we can do other than cut our ankles by trying to cut Uncle Sam and just go out and buy a truck. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's the, the the most common thing. And and I'm always, it's, it's like, I think before I kind of understood a lot of this stuff, there was always this feeling of like, okay, if I don't buy a new camera or a new computer, then I'm going to have to pay, you know, however much, you know, like say it's like I have to spend $7,000 in taxes, but if I buy twenty thousand dollars worth of equipment i only have to pay like two thousand dollars of taxes and then it's like then i incur all this debt you know in order to like not pay the the three thousand dollars of tax which is just like well maybe it would have just been cheaper if i would have just paid the tax (laughs) and kept the other money you know so yeah i think that a lot of people for many years in a small business you get so um lost or you're just trying to survive and you're trying to do things yourself using quickbooks and um, you're not really seeking professional advice. And so you're just leaving a lot of things on the table uh, opportunity wise when, um, you know, really, I would say, you know, we started working with the CPA probably about like six years ago. And it really was like the best decision that like I ever made. You know, it's it's like invaluable that the kind of help and knowledge that when someone's doing this as their job, you know, and they, they understand all the tax systems and all the loopholes and all these other kind of things. It's just, it's just really beneficial, I think, in order for you to grow your business and, and help you um, just experience a lot of the, the, the wealth and other things that, that you should be experiencing, but maybe you just don't understand or, or know is out there, you know? And I think a lot of times too, people, uh, don't look into small business loans and all there's, I feel like there's a lot of grants and uh, there's tons of stuff that's just not being utilized or used because people just don't know about it or how to go about it. So having a professional work with you to help you find all these benefits, I think is invaluable. Absolutely. I always say, you know, every expense on your, in your OPEX account, and I'm going back to profit first when I say operating expense bank account, it should produce an ROI, right? It should produce an ROI for you, including your accountant, right? If your accountant isn't covering their costs, isn't giving you a 3X, 4X, you know, it's time to switch accountants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about your book, how it differs from profit first, you know, and, uh, you know, kind of what your your goals are for the next, you know, year and and you know, building your fractional CFO position and all these other kind of things. 
So um, the book is written by Mike Michalowicz and I, so it is part of the Profit First family. So it does have a lot of the key concepts of Profit First. You know, I think the biggest difference is it does deal with a demographic, right, that has been typically Mm -hmm. underserved, um, that maybe the first person to go to college in their family um, may not have friends that have had successful businesses. And so it really is a ramp up from that. So it takes it to that level of, of really strategizing with that business, um, how to have employees, how to manage those employees, how to manage difficult situations. You know, people have told me the tax section alone, um, you know, has saved them thousands of dollars um, because I definitely go into some pretty significant tax things. I, I, I look at the mistakes that I've seen people co- make as they've come to me and and really show how to use it strategically in order to build wealth versus just go out and 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 buy buy things and it goes way beyond you know the different legal entities or but it talks about how to use those legal entities strategically right in order to save taxes for example not every company needs to be an s corporation you know i always go into a room and i go how many guys are s corps and i'll tell you like 90 percent of people raise their hand and and then i go you know that's not always the best legal entity for you right because that if you're high net worth first of all it goes into your personal return right that you get a k1 mm-hmm. and you're paying 37 percent. maybe a c corp might be better to shelter some of that income in that 20 percent bracket and so right. it really talks about, you know, you know, how to really think about taxes from a strategic standpoint versus a basic like, you know, this is an LLC, this is a sole proprietor, mm-hmm. goes way beyond that. That's awesome. Um, where can people connect with you and, you know, follow you online and, and all that kind of stuff? So the best way to connect with me would be to go to marigagroup.com or download our, our profit map, learn more about profit first, do the profit map, find out where your allocations are, and, and you'll be able to get in touch with me there and get copies of our newsletter and little tidbits that I produce with profit first. That's awesome. And what was that profit map website again? Profitmap.co. Not .com, Got .co. Dot .co. Got it. Perfect. Well, listen, Suzanne, it's been awesome having you on here. I'm glad that we could like share the Profit First system again and share your story and how encouraging it is and just glad to have you on, on the show. So, um, Ben, what are your takeaways for this episode? Yeah, I got a couple of key takeaways, a couple of things you said, Suzanne, that hit me. Uh, one thing you said was you are the MVP of your company and you should get an owner's pay. I think that's a great takeaway for a lot of people that are just think they have to grind for years and years before they can ever earn earn a penny. I, I think for most businesses, that's not true. Uh, you mentioned that hiring your kids could be an excellent strategic write-off. So I'm filing that back in my brain. You mentioned uh, creating ar- artificial scarcity so that you don't spend more money than necessary. That's a great way of putting how Profit First works. Uh, and then another great takeaway, I think, was just say, you said that um, make sure you're hiring an accountant that is giving you an actual return on your investment. There you go. The fire. Bring in the, bring in the heat. I'm just repeating what Suzanne said. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thank you guys so much for tuning in to The Friday Habit. Uh, go to thefridayhabit.com to find show notes for this episode. Uh, there you can also find links to our websites and ways to get in touch. And at the bottom of the page, you can download our guide to the Friday Habit system that will show you how to set aside one full day each week dedicated to working on your business instead of in your business. And if you enjoy this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review in the Apple Podcast app. 
If you have any questions for us or any topics you'd like us to cover or any people you'd like to see interviewed, go ahead and send us an email at hello at thefridayhabit.com. That's right. And until next time, live every day like it's Friday. Friday.